we go, guys. Welcome to the next episode of the Christian Vasquez Show, Champ Life, with my boy, special guest, special guest. Um, honored to have him here today. Longtime friend since childhood. Uh, we've been keeping in touch through Facebook and through social media, you know, on the phone here and there. I haven't seen him in many years, though. And it's a it's a privilege to see you, my boy Joe McBride. Joe, welcome to the show, my brother. Thank you, bro. Welcome. Appreciate it. Good to see you, champ. It's been a long time, but it doesn't feel like it's been that long for some reason. Yeah, because we keep in contact. Yeah, for you sure, know? man. For sure. You're always somebody I can reach out to. I remember about eight years ago, I was going through it, and I would I reached out to you, and it's like reaching out to a brother. So yeah, yeah. You, know? you always sure. have you always had good words for me, and you know. for sure, you know, uplifting. Words in times of crisis, you know, they're often not forgotten. Just like when you're in a crisis and people take a big crap on you, you don't forget that either, right? Yeah, no, you don't. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. So, you know, good people in the world. It's our job to lift each other up and keep it going. Yep, you did. You did. And we're both, you know, you're a Catholic. You know, you've always been a, yeah. you know, God-loving, God-fearing man, and you come from that, that family. And I grew up in a, a similar situation. My father and my mother were God-fearing. Sure. Um, and I grew up in that Believing in God, so we've always, I've always known that you were spiritual as as I am. Yeah, it's the foundation, son. It you is know, the foundation is important because a lot of guys, especially where we grew up and how we grew up, you know, the reason why we became successful later on in life is because our parents didn't give up on us. That's right. Lots of guys and gals who didn't have that, you know, they when 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 the storms of life came, their houses crumbled because they weren't built on the rock. You know, that's so true, man. Yeah, we're fortunate for that. We're blessed. Well said. Well said. That's so true. Um, so, you know, I got you here today and not many people know, uh, your background. A lot of people know you today as this bold, brave attorney fighting for the rights of humanity. Um, you know, you're working on a few cases, I'm sure, but one in particular, uh, banter. What's his first name? Uh, Richard Barnett. Richard Barnett. Yeah, Richard, Richard Barnett. Barnett. I apologize. No, I don't apologize. Richard Barnett, um, uh, which a lot of you guys know about, but before we get into that, um, Give people the, your background. What made you become an attorney? What made you get into this field and be so passionate and honest with your work? Because not all attorneys, I'm not saying they're all bad or, or good, but sure. not all attorneys are honest. Right. With You're doing it with an integrity, honest, and you're really standing up for humanity. Yeah, I, pre- you know? I appreciate that, champ. I can't stand most attorneys to tell you the truth. Okay. You know, um, but when you have a professional license like a bar license or a medical license, you got to do right by the people who come to you, right? You're considered an expert or a professional and people are coming to you for a very specific need during a very vulnerable time in their life. And lots of people in their respective professions don't honor that for reasons that are beyond me. Um, but as you know, you know, I came up blue collar, you know, mm-hmm. sort of street kid growing up. Right. And uh, in my 20s, I was, you know, still trying to uh, find myself. And my brother Anthony was uh, in Tennessee. Make a long story very short. He was convicted of a crime that he absolutely did not commit. He was tricked into signing a confession and uh, taking a plea offer because they threatened him with 125 years in prison. Wow. uh, For for hurting a child that he never hurt. Um, It was actually his girlfriend's child. And. She was the one that, that, that hurt the baby at the time. He just didn't report it. My brother is um, diagnosed uh, schizophrenia. He's got what, what's the paranoid schizophrenic. Okay. And uh, at the time, uh, the court did not take that into consideration. His lawyer didn't care about it. Right. Um, they sort of just forced this uh, plea down his throat. And he said, if you don't take this now, you're going to get 125 years tomorrow. Wow. So not knowing what he was doing, he signed his life away and... You know, he was dragged away 
hogtied, you know, chains on his feet, you know, shackled, wow. chains on his hands around his waist, black and white striped uniform, like something you'd see out of the old times, 1800s, you know, chain gang yeah. type stuff. And they dragged him away. And at, at that moment, I went home that night. I remember sitting in my brother's bed. My brother, uh, you know, he's a, I'm a Yankees fan, the Giants fan, my whole family, Yankees and Giants people, you know, yeah. Knicks, Nets, whatever. Anthony's a uh, San Francisco Giants, San Francisco 49ers, and Boston Celtics fan. Right? Okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, we're in, I'm in his room, and I'm looking around, and I, I see his, like, pennants up on the walls and the sports stuff, and you know, he's also got a touch of Asperger's, and he's into stats and writing and okay. stuff like that. And he had a newspaper. Uh, it was a, a recent sports, I don't know if it was the San Francisco Giants or the 49ers, but I remember looking down at it and seeing the date, and the date was uh, 2000 five or 2006 and I'm like damn you know 15 years he's not going to be back until it's you know you do plus 10 it's 2025 and plus five is 2030 wow you know and I, oh no I'm doing the math wrong 2025 so 2005 to 2015 2020 right, right. still a very, right. Still, a, long still a very long time so um I said I had to do something you know I was outraged and yeah that changed your whole family dynamic right that's a that's a blow to your heart. That's your love. That's your family. This See, is my devastating. Mom, my mom and dad suffer. Yeah, and I know your you know your parents were loving parents. Every time I don't mean to cut it it's no, something different, no, but your bro. parents were always loving and caring. And I remember going to your house as a kid, and always felt the warmth in your home. Yeah, you know I was pleasant to. I used to look forward to going to your house or even knocking on your door because even if you weren't home, they were like, "How you doing?" And I just loved your family. So shout out to Sylvia, right? Yeah, Sylvia and, and Joe. And yeah. Joe. I, yep, yeah. I remember. Hello, how you guys doing? <laughs> pre- appreciate that, man, very much. Yeah, you know, it's the combination of, uh, as you know, a warm, loving Puerto Rican household, yeah. and, and then a, a loving, you know, Irish hospitality, yeah. Puerto Rican and Irish. So um, great combination. Yeah, I appreciate that. So. When that happened, I dropped everything I was doing. Yeah. You know, I spoke to God, spoke to the universe. I said, listen, you know, um, I can become a lawyer. So I thought in half that time, mm-hmm. seven and a half, eight years, he's got 15. I, I'll come a lawyer and try to get him out. Unfortunately, um, it took me 10 years. Well, okay. I had to go to school, college, yeah. applications, enrollments, bar exams, the whole thing. You know, I had no idea how much it was going to cost in terms of money and suffering and all this other stuff. Right. But I resolved myself to do it. And by the time I was done, Anthony had maxed out, but I, re, I I committed my life to helping people who were either falsely accused or had the full apparatus of the prosecutorial, you know, uh, whether, whether, it, whether it be the federal prosecutorial ap- apparatus or, or New York State or any other state coming down upon somebody unfairly. Mm-hmm. Um, I committed myself toward to helping those people for the rest of my life and trying to make some money while I do it as well. Yeah, why not? And, uh, you know, I rolled with some guys who were wrong, wrongfully convicted attorneys. Marty Tancliffe is one of them. He's a member of, of, of one of the teams I'm on, legal teams. Okay. Marty did 18 years in prison for a crime he didn't commit, was exonerated, became an attorney. Wow. You know, these are the, this is our brand. Our brand is like, yo, we, 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 we're not afraid of the government. We know how to beat the government. We've been beaten up by the government, survived it, and we're, and we're here. We're here to do battle no matter what. So. And that, bring, that brings faith and strength to us that feel like there's no hope right now with everything that's come going on. So knowing that we have guys like you that are willing to stand up to the government, that gives us a sign of hope. Gives me a sign of hope. Seeing my own boy doing this is like, it gives me strength and it makes me, you know, want to do more as well. And I will, I'm going to actually, you know, get involved with however I can and either bringing awareness or whatever it can be, but you're setting the bar. 
you're setting the bar for other attorneys. You're setting the bar for American citizens, and, and hopefully, hopefully, it helps. Hopefully, you know, you know, brings about change. You know. I appreciate that, champ. You know, yeah. one of the things that I've always appreciated about you is the way you've always held yourself out, right? I remember since grammar school and junior high school, you always held yourself as a champ, so even before you became champ, right? Thank you always you. held yourself out as, as, as somebody who was great. And I know, you know, from carrying myself in similar fashion, lots yeah. of people don't take to that all the time. You yeah, know? no, no. People, who does the guy think, think he, he is, is and this yep. and that? Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. You know, you just keep on moving forward in the spirit of excellence crushing shit, doing whatever you got to do in life, mm-hmm. you know, aspiring to do great things, setting goals and knocking those goals down. So I'm looking forward to you getting involved more in any way that you can, man. Absolutely. I, know, I know it'll be great. Absolutely. You let me know. If you need me, call me. Yeah, I'll let you know right now. I'm here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. And, and, and But uh, pro, uh, coming from that, what you're saying, I, I wanted to say something. I lost track. It's okay. But um, so... Continue what you were talking about. So I apologize. No, don't apologize. So uh, Richard Barnett is one of the January six guys that I, I represent. Mm-hmm. I recently picked up uh, Christopher uh, Quaglin's case as well. Now Christopher Quaglin was he a part of the supposed insurrection? Right, right. So let's talk about that. Right. Okay. The media is labeling uh, what happened on January sixth as an insurrection. Right. That's propaganda. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's the media is a uh, at this point certainly the, the left media is a weaponized part of, of the executive branch and then you have Facebook Google YouTube big tech all those companies right yeah. and they are a uh, privatized version of the NSA the FBI the CIA because they do the government's bidding right right they censor you they shut you down, they cancel you, they defund you, they deplatform you, mm-hmm. right? All of that, if the government was actually doing it, would be subject to constitutional scrutiny, right? right? The First Amendment would apply to free speech. The Fourth Amendment would apply to unreasonable intrusions uh, into your privacy. Apple just announced the other day that, you know, if you have an Apple phone, which I know you do, don't do the new update. No. Because they just announced that as of the new update that's coming, that just came out today, they're going to scan all your photos. Yep, I did read that. Looking for child porn. Um, and if you have child porn, they're going to report you, right? Right. Nobody likes child porn. Why the, why the hell are they... Are they that's getting, just a scapegoat. It's a, it's a pretext to search, to search, yep, right? That's but it. if that was the government doing it, they'd be subject to the Fourth Amendment. Right. They're doing it for the government as a private actor. So right. we need to litigate this stuff and to say, hey, you're actually an agent of the government because you're doing this you should be held accountable. And that's what I mean about the insurrection thing. Insurrections are a real charge. If, if they wanted to charge them with insurrection, right. they could have, but they haven't. Right. So, but they're calling them insurrectionists. They're calling them terrorists as well. Right. They're shifting the burden. They're creating burdens to, you know, create subjective evidence where, 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 where in, in these, in these dog and pony shows or these Nancy Pelosi commissions oh, God. The, to use at trial, which is ridiculous. And they're also intentionally poisoning a jury pool. Right. Right. Joe Biden gets up there and says, oh, this is insurrection and these people, blah, blah, blah. Bro, bro, you're the president of the United States. You're the leader of the executive branch. Like, respect the judicial branch. Respect the process. You can't just get up there and pontificate. I'm going to use that against them at trial. There's no doubt about it. Awesome. So, you know, um, insurrection is wrong. It was a protest. Protest. Three groups of people went to the Capitol that day. Group one is the peaceful protesters, moms and pops and cousins, aunts and uncles and whoever else who said, we're going to go to the cat. We're going to go to the Capitol that day. We're going to protest peacefully under the first amendment. All right. To protest the government for a petition of redress of grievances covered under the first amendment. 
and they went home that day. Right. Group two are the people who had nefarious intent. People from the left, the right, the center, and the far reaches of the universe who went there. Can I curse in this podcast? Absolutely. Who went there to fuck shit up. Yeah. Right? So Antifa. All that. Paid for by George Soros well, and all, all those guys. All that. And you had some people out far on the right, too, that were like, you know, militarized. They were going to go in there and they were, they, they were going to jump shit off. Right? right. And like, that's not everybody. But everybody's being labeled as those people. And then you have group three. And group three is the most important group. Group three is the, peop- is the group of people who went there to peacefully protest under the First Amendment, no prior knowledge of an insurrection or an attempt of anything violence, but got caught up in the greater events of that day. Right. And those people who got caught up, whether they got swept into the Capitol or not, are being charged as terrorists and insurrectionists. Well, they're being labeled these things and charged with all these gross felonies yeah. and threatened with massive amounts of time in jail, just like my brother was, simply for showing up that day. This is the first time, and what's even more problematic about this, is this is the first time in all of American history where you have the party in power right now, who's the Democratic Party, searching, hunting down members of the opposing party and throwing them into jail, what we're calling D.C. Guantanamo Bay or D.C. Gitmo, in Washington, D.C., absent their day in court, pre-trial, and putting them in solitary confinement for months at the time, beating them, torturing them in various different ways, sleep deprivation, mental anguish, uh, uh, denial of medical care. I mean, you name it. There's all types of horrible stuff that's happening on a regular basis. And the response to, to, to the, really the disconcerting response to too many people is, you know what? They're insurrectionists. They deserve it. Fuck them. Yeah. You know, Ben Shapiro, of all people. Ben Shapiro, who's a conservative pundit, who, who, apart from the comment that he made recently on Bill Maher's show, who somebody I, I've looked up to until recently, but now I'm going to have to reevaluate, yeah. just recently said that January 6th is, and that's the that's a, that's a, the, the labeled term for people who went there and are locked up, or, or, or not locked up, people who went to the Capitol that day, January 6ers who are incarcerated, who are in jail, deserve to rot in jail. Who said that, Ben? Ben Shapiro. Wow. The fuck is that about? Yeah, bro? yeah, because I watched some of his stuff and he doesn't seem to be taking that taking that tone. He's usually on point, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, but he's way off here. So I don't know who bought him or oh, or, oh, yeah. or or if he's just got an unfortunate point of view on this because I really respect what he says on, on a lot of things and I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater here. Right. Because, you know, the guy's done a lot of good for the world. But yo, Ben Shapiro, the fuck, son. Yeah. Like, you can't say that. Let him know. Yeah, man. Let him know. But that's why that's why you're here, man, to correct those wrongs, you know. And, and you're talking about D.C. Guantanamo Bay, like paint that picture exactly. What like where in D.C. who runs who runs these facilities exactly? Because I want because you say that, and I just want to like what what location is sure. it? Who who's the head of this this particular area, this jail or whatever it is? Sure. So in Washington D.C., you have D.C. Central uh, Detention Facility, and um, D.C. is different than every other uh, state because it's not a state. It's right. the District of Columbia. So there's no state government. Uh, the feds um, are in charge of it. And um, so if you get arrested for peeing on the corner or if you get arrested in a legit fed crime, you, you're going into federal federal custody no matter what because it's federal jurisdiction, right? Okay. This, this facility has a long-standing reputation of just being an objectionable, shitty place because it just is. Right. Now... When uh, over over five hundred and so five hundred and something January sixers have been arrested, have been charged with crimes. Probably fifty or so who are being held in that D.C. facility, and there are other ones who are being held in other facilities: Essex, New Jersey, Virginia. That are going to be dragged there at some point. Okay. Um, they opened up a. 
the 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 prison's got a bad reputation, unsanitary conditions, bad drinking water. They opened up a previously defunct wing of the prison to hold January 6ers there and what they considered uh, protective custody for for whatever reason. Okay. So they put them in this in this area, black mold, poor ventilation, brown drinking water. Just this is on on, on day one, right? Right. And then they and then because COVID is happening, they use COVID as a pretext to lock people in their cells for 23 and 24 hours a day. Some guys have been in their cells since January 7th or 8th or 9th or 10th or 12th for 23 or 4 24 hours a day since since Jump Street. Wow. These are people who are pretrial detainees. So here's here's the distinction. Okay. The 8th Amendment of the United States Constitution gives a prohibition against cruel and unusual cruel and unusual punishment that's usually used in the context of one the death penalty the people like that you know the electric chairs fucked up man. Yeah. that's cruel and unusual don't use that anymore or when when you know there are reports in certain prisons guys are in rooms with feces in them no drinking water just disgusting right you'll see cases that are like yo that's cruel and unusual you can't do that shit but this presupposes that these people have been convicted right yeah. so they've either pled guilty in court or they've lost at trial, you know, upon a verdict of a, of a jury of their peers, they they blew trial and they, and they got a sentence. Okay. The difference between those people and the January Sixers who are being held there now is that the January Sixers have merely been accused of crime. Some people were only standing at the Capitol that day yeah. and they were pulled in. So if you went to the Capitol that day and they got you on video, they could take you from your family, arrest you in front of your kids, cuff you, put you in a van, take you there, and put you in a cell for 24 hours a day. Yeah. Without any recourse, they're cutting people off from access to medicine, access to counsel wow. for months at a time. They're doing that to extract information and to, and to force people into taking a plea. It's wrong. Right. Supreme Court uh, precedent says that when it comes to pretrial detainees, forget cruel and unusual punishment. No punishment of any kind is acceptable. Right. But despite that ruling, despite that reality, you have punishment arising to the level of cruel and unusual over there. Forget the beatings, forget the medical stuff, forget all the stuff. Just the solitary confinement itself equates to torture. And this is what I mean by that. The United Nations has what's called the Nelson Mandela rules, right? Because Nelson Mandela was famously held in solitary confinement for 20-something years. That's crazy. As a political prisoner, right? right? So they adopted the Nelson Mandela rules, and New York State recently codified it as law this past April. And what, in pertinent part to what we're talking about now, the Nelson Mandela rules state that 22 hours a day or more confined in a cell equals solitary confinement, number one. Number two, 15 days or more solitary confinement equals prolonged solitary. And prolonged solitary, according to the UN, according to the ACLU, the Legal Aid Society, and every other public interest organization in this country and in the world, says that that, that, that means that that is torture. Prolonged solitary is torture, and there is no justification for it. So you can't even use COVID as a pretext to do it. Right. So just by breaking the Mandela rules of the, the itself, you got torture. And if you add everything else on, you got cruel and unusual stuff. But they're letting it happen. They're letting it happen. The attorney general is on notice. Congressman, four congressmen on July 29th recently went down to uh, the D.C. Gitmo jail and tried to get in. They locked them out. Mm. People are calling attention to it, but not enough people care. Right. Because these people are being scapegoated. Right. They're being scapegoated by the media. They're being scapegoated by the government. And what do we know about a government who suppresses speech and censors people and scapegoats people? I mean, you look at Joseph Stalin. You look at, you know, yeah. the rise of the Third Reich. You look at Pol Pot and other dictators across the world. It never ends well. Right. 
So we're in a fight for our soul right now. I know I just threw a lot out no, there. No, that's great. Yeah. I, I wanted you to do that because you're on your platforms that you've been on. You're not able to really just elaborate. Right, right. And I'm like, wait, I'm going to let him elaborate because he's not always able to elaborate. Right. And I, I want to hear it, you know? Right. I'm sure everybody else wants to hear it. So then you ended up, how did you get in contact with Richard Barnett? Richard Barnett. I keep no, the it's name. It's okay. It's okay. How did you get in contact with him? How did that work? Because I did read an article where he he fired his previous, right. his previous uh, attorneys. Right. Like around March 4th or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So my colleague, Stephen Metcalf, represents uh, Jacob Lang, uh, Edward Jacob Lang. He goes by Jake Lang. Um, Jake has been in solitary, in and out of solitary for, I don't know, almost four months. Right. And they're really, really turning the screws to him over there. I couldn't imagine being in solitary confinement. It's crazy, man. That is sick. And, uh, you know, they're really, really abusing him over there. And it's really unfortunate. So Jake was um, next to Richard Barnett's cell. Mm -hmm. And the walls are thin enough over there where guys could talk to each other. And, um, you know, at some point, Richard was really complaining about his attorney. Um, Jake knew me through Steve, um, and Jake was like, you know, um, Steve has a guy that he works with um, who's got his own law firm, but they kind of, they partner up all the time. And uh, he's, you know, he's really good. He knows his shit, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. people did some research on me. They said, boom, right away, this is the guy we want. And uh, great, yeah, man. he approached me and uh, he retained on Ash Wednesday. Awesome. Yeah, on Ash Wednesday. And, and uh, you know, no one thought he was getting out. I got him out. Oh, yeah, no, you did. I got no one thought. People were hot, bro. Yeah. And he wasn't out yet. No, and you were on, in. you were on the news talking about, I'm going to get him out. And look, a couple weeks later, he was out. Yeah. And I was like, he said he's going to do it. He did it. Nobody saw that coming. I did. Yeah. When, when I said you, when I saw you on TV and you were gonna, I was like, he's gonna get him out, and he was out. It was great. I seen him with his uh, his family on his yeah. in his car, and yeah. you were over there visiting. That yeah. was cool. Very yeah. cool. Yep. So when you got this phone call, and uh, they threw this on the table for you, you immediately got to work to understand what was going on. You did, did you were you aware of the severity of the case before he reached yeah. out to you? Yeah, I was definitely aware. Okay, and uh, you know. Um, like every family, I have conservatives and liberals in my family. Um, my family is a little bit more conservative. Uh, Aisha's family is a little bit more uh, you know, liberal, and uh, you know it was it was it was a decision that I that I, I really had to, to to mull over because a lot of people, my family aside, my family ultimately supported my decision. I gave everybody the right to speak and to hear them. They ultimately supported my decision, but, you know, I live in Brooklyn, right? Yeah. And Brooklyn is like socialism, communism, you know, really to the left, super, super, I wouldn't even call them Democrats. They're like militant socialists, you know? I, I don't get this mindset. I, I, I can't wrap my head around it. But. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into it, you know, mm -hmm. but I believe that socialism is, you know, communism is the biggest disservice to mankind. Yeah. It's anti-American. It's anti-free will. It makes the government the answer for everything. I believe that individualism, faith in self, faith in God, and the ability to, to teach somebody a skill set to go out into the world and make something of themselves is much more valuable. It's more work. Absolutely. But ultimately, you become, you know, the the master of your ship, yeah. the commander of your destiny. I know you've read Think and Grow Rich, right? That's Absolutely. Napoleon Hill right yeah. there, right? So, you know, um, but for whatever reason, I can get into those reasons if you want to talk about it later, but it's it, that's, that's the politics of it. Mm -hmm. People didn't like it. Yeah. But I, I just, I didn't give a fuck, right? Because I don't share those views and I never let other people 
uh, tell me sort of what to do. And I just generally don't care what people think about me unless I, they really mean something to me. Right. And I prayed about it. I thought about it. And I knew that it was going to be, uh, I counted the costs. You know, I knew people were going to try to cancel me and this yeah. and that, whatever. But, you're brave. Like you're on, you're on platforms in a, the time that we're in totally could be canceled and looked at like, oh, why is he supporting this? This is against this in their perception. Yeah. When it's really not, man. You're really fighting for our freedoms. Just do for, for us. Right. Less government control. And um, you're doing the right thing. So to, for people to be like on the canceled tip with you or looking at you that way, you do, you can't give a fuck. No, nah, you don't. It, it, it doesn't serve us. No. Nah. It doesn't two, serve humanity. Two things, right? Number one, 10, 20 years ago when the media was uh, driving home, it's, uh, when the, is that better? Yeah. My bad. No. Uh, when the media was dri- driving home, it's um, propaganda campaign, uh, campaign of Islamophobia. Mm-hmm. And the government was using that as a pretext to, to, to wash away our rights. And what do I mean? So I'm guilty of this. I'll be the first person to say this. Um, if I got on a plane in 2003, if I saw a, a religious Muslim dressed in garb, I'd be like, oh, man. Right. Is the fucking plane going to go down? Yeah. Right? I, I'm guilty of that, too. But you know why? Because I listened to the media. Mm-hmm. I listened to CNN. I listened to Fox News. I listened to whoever was pumping it at that time. And I associated my plane going down with a guy who's a religious Muslim. He's probably a good father. Doesn't drink. Doesn't eat pork. Prays five times a day. Mm-hmm. Lives a good life. Probably lives a better life than me. Yep. And here I am judging him. Well, he's probably much closer to God than I was at the time, right? It's, it's funny you say that. It's crazy, right? So they used that as a pretext, and I bought into it at the time until I started to open my mind. Uh, I bought into it at the time that, you know, oh, the Patriot Act sounds like a good idea, you know, and, and expansion of FISA courts and the NSA spying on domestic people. Oh, yeah, we got to do it for freedom, freedom, freedom. And it was the ACLU and all the liberal organizations that were like, yo, hold the fuck up, bro, because... What happens if they ever turn us against American citizens? What happens if they label you a domestic terrorist and then they throw you in jail pre-trial and they do all this shit too, like they're doing to people in Guantanamo Bay now? Yep. Some people didn't listen. Other people did listen. But what's interesting is that the people who um, used to, uh, who were screaming out bloody murder about it now, the people who were, say, who were warning that this was coming, now that it's here, they ain't doing shit. Yeah. They ain't doing shit. It's, it's crazy. And I had something else I was going to tell you too, but what was the... I, I forgot it was important. Um, about the Muslim being on the plane, maybe possibly. Yeah, no, no, it was before that. That's yeah, all good. Well, but it's funny you say that because I'm I'm guilty of that too, and I'm like a little ashamed of that because I allowed the television to program me yeah. into thinking and having a perception that really wasn't mine. Right. You know, and then you know up until not up until like a long time ago, I got over that that view. Sure. But recently, I realized that. Wait a minute. We used to look at. If I was on a plane, I used to look at somebody like that. It might be leery. But I'm like, that guy, and like you said, they, they pray five times a day. Yeah, I have very good friends that are Muslims. Sure. And I'm like, how could I How could I allow that? And I'm like, you know what? I'm glad I'm I'm, I'm aware of that whole situation. Yeah. Now, and then I'm, I'm better better from that. You know, I'm not in that in that mind space, you know. But uh, you, you have the capacity to be honest and mm-hmm. to hold yourself accountable and to admit your sins and to say, look, you know, I did this. I participated. It was wrong. But I'm not going to repeat it. Absolutely, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Totally, you know, it, 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 it's it's totally ridiculous. But um, people right now are bitter. Yeah, they're blinded by hatred. 
Yeah. And uh, it's, that they were fed. Yeah, that they were fed. They were, were force fed this hate and division. Yeah. It, the, I tell everybody, shut the TV off because it's just feeding you a different reality than you really have. Like, because when I walk out my doors every day, it's sunshine and rainbows. Right. I'm not, I don't see nobody dying around me. People right. get sick like they've always had in the years past. I, I mean, I don't see that reality in my life. So, like, when they're pushing that reality, I'm like, where is this going on? Because I don't, I don't see this. No, but but what you're what you're dealing with is something different, which is real. But I'm talking about force feeding us the division, the the um, white supremacy, the the um, uh, you know, systematic racism, all this. All that. I, it's just I don't know. It's just they're magnifying something that's I think to me is very isolated. And there, look, racism is always going to be around for sure. But it's something that I don't feel like they should totally put a, a magnificant magnifying glass on yeah. it. You know, it's it's really causing division, and it's causing people to have a, a bad mindset and, and really bringing down our country. I agree, hundred percent. And in the motion that I wrote to get Richard out of jail, um, I did a preamble because I felt that it was a good opportunity to talk about division in America. And I said, you know, America is divided. You know, father has, you know, is fighting with son. Mother and daughter are at it. Friends that once, you know, and family members that once, you know, broke bread are now, you know, totally diametrically opposed to each other. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, we, I spoke about how, how problematic and how deep and divided we were. And then I, you know, which is objectively, it's objective reality. Everybody's divided right now, right? Right. And then I spoke about the fact that on one side, I didn't say you have black people. Right, but you have people of color on one side, especially black people. I didn't say black people, but right. I was speaking about black people who have endured racism for hundreds of years in this country, whose communities are over policed, who um, they have to, uh, you know, uh, combat all types of stereotypes every time they walk into a department store, or if they walk into a job interview, or, or, or whatever it is, and how that is very unfair. Right. right, and then I spoke about another group of people. And I said, while in, while at no point equivocating their experience to, to to that of the group before them, right? It's obviously it's much harder to be a black person than a poor white person in this country. But you don't you do have a big class of, you know, non college educated blue collar white people who are out and out attacked in this country. They're made fun of by the Democratic establishment, the leftist elitists, the people who go to Harvard and Yale. Uh, these are people who shop at Walmart. These are people who don't know no better. These are people who are joking life. And they're treated as garbage as well. Mm-hmm. And while they haven't endured the the the, the abuses of, of, of racism and what it's like to be persecuted just for the color of your skin, there is a a shared suffering in, in, in the respect that Neither of these groups are part of the ruling class. Right. And then I talk about the ruling class, the people who are on top, right? The Ivy League school pipeline, the, the bloodlines of families and people who own the corporations and who systematically get themselves into government and who, 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 who are running the show. This is not a conspiracy. This is facts, mm-hmm. right? George Bush's family has been in the White House for a long time. The Clintons have been in the White House. All these people have been in, the, in, in, in politics or in big business at the heads of corporations for a long period of time. They're all funneled through the same schools. And these are the people who make the systematic racist policies such as, you know, uh, 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 exams to get into school, um, standardized testing, 
they, they set up all these obstacles to keep people out from the institutions. They say black lives matter, but they do everything they can do to keep you out of getting one of their jobs. They say black lives matter, but they don't hire black judges, black doctors, black lawyers, black this, black that. It's all talk. Mm-hmm. When they say black lives matter, what did they do? They throw scraps from the master's table, right, in the form of welfare. Um, and, 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 and culturally, generationally, people have come to accept this. But this is what I don't get. If you are canceling things, if you're in Black Lives Matter and if you're canceling things and if you are, you know, saying, oh, we need to pull down a Confederate statue of Robert E. Robert e. Lee from, you know, uh, 1865. Okay, it's a part of American history, but objectively, the guy did fight for the Confederate Army. I get that. Okay. You want to pull down George Washington? I don't get that. Okay, he had slaves, but, you know, he was the founding father of the country. You want to pull down Abraham Lincoln? I really don't get that. Emancipation Proclamation, what the hell are you talking about, right? Oh, by the way, if you're going to cancel anybody, why don't you fucking cancel the Democratic Party? Yeah. The party of slavery. Yeah. The party of Jim Crow. Yeah. The party who the party of the Confederacy. The party who, who fought tooth and nail and, and millions of lives were lost to ensure that institutional racism actually continued and that you know the 40 acres and the mule jim crow slavery whatever whatever you want to call it and then now you have systematic racism that exists in colleges that exists in top tier law firms that exists in the, in the upper echelons of government it's been there all along right and every now and again you let somebody in, you give somebody a job you put somebody with, 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 with a face on tv you say oh there's one of us but in all reality in all reality people are still being given uh, social services and welfare and eight out of every, eight out of every 10 pregnancies of, of a black woman in, in New York city and an abortion. Right. right. It's, 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 it's not, it's, it's not good. They've done everything they can do historically to disempower black people. And like we're Puerto Ricans, we're yeah. people of color as well. Puerto Ricans can't even vote in this country. You live yeah. in, you live on the Island. You can't vote. Yeah. What the fuck is that about? Right. We're still colonized. What the fuck is that about? Yeah. Forced sterilizations, the genocide on the island, the, the wiping out of our people. You know, let me give you a fact. You may or may not notice about Puerto Ricans, and then I'll turn it back over to you. When you look at a Puerto Rican's DNA, right, right, and you know, um, you you pull up your 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 Boricua, your Taino Indian, you know, wherever, wherever it comes up. Like I did my DNA, and it came up X Y Z percentage. You do yours, right? Right. Ninety three or ninety eight percent of that D- DNA is called mitochondrial DNA. Okay. Mitochondrial DNA means that it's the mom's DNA. Why do you have so much of the mom's DNA? Because mm. they executed the men and they raped all the women. Oh. Right? You got genocide in your blood. Yeah. It's in your fucking blood. Wow. Right? And, they, and, 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 and we still don't get a fair shake. Right. And when I go into you know, Puerto Rican neighborhoods in the city and stuff and, and I see people you know, just not growing as right. a community, it makes me fucking furious, man. Yeah. It makes me fucking furious. I'm like, how much longer is our well, our people, my bloodline, my cousins, my relatives, people who look in the street and look like me, you know, yeah. I got a common Puerto Rican look, you look like a Puerto Absolutely. Rican guy. You know, how much longer are people going to gonna just not wake the fuck up and know that the Democrats are not helping them, right. that socialism is not helping them, that the best thing you can do, here's the difference in slavery. There's, there, there are words, right? You have, you got, you got the, the I won't use the word, the n-word or or, 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 or any, any any form of it but you had the house slave mm-hmm. and you had the field slave right. the house slave got treated better 
because he got slaps he got he got scraps from the master's table and he got treated better because he's his life was in the house he had a little bit of, bit of prestige but the guy that was in the field or the guy that was in the field the girl that was in the field got treated worse right. why did they get treated worse in the field because they kept them down in the field because they they didn't want to know that if you took that cotton and kept it for yourself and sold that cotton and made a business with that cotton, you could actually become somebody. Right. So they suppressed, the suppression of, of, of working and individualism goes all the way back to slavery. Yes. Don't go into the field and, and use that cotton to make your own business. Don't go into the field and, and, and figure out a way to, 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 to make whatever's out there. You can t- take it and run with it and, and make a business out there. Stay in the house. Take the scraps to the master's table where it's comfortable and it's still all good. That is how slavery plays out today. Right. But people buy into that shit hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. It's fucking wrong. It is wrong. It's yeah. wrong. It's they disgusting. W- they want to give. They want to put people on welfare. Yeah. They want to keep you suppressed in, in projects and make you feel comfortable because you're getting free money. Yeah. But that's just to keep you down. Yeah, man. When you got it, when these people have to be proud, and there are many who come out of the projects, those few diamonds, and they, and they make it. Yeah. Because they don't want that life, and they know better. But more of people have to wake up to the fact that we do not need to rely on government to be successful or to be anybody. And being complacent is not living. No, it's not living. So it it, it ain't it ain't it, it it it's it's really not. And you know, I believe that the future of the Republican Party, mm-hmm. the future of the conservative movement, is black. Yeah, and it's Latino. I love it. You know, I love it. Look, Powerful. Look, look at Ron DeSantis, bro. Yeah, Ron DeSantis down in Florida, you know, killing it. Killing it. Told Joe Biden the other day, dope, bro. Joe Biden, don't talk to me about COVID in my state. You can't figure out the fucking border. border. Fuck you. I love that. I love Fuck that. You. Yep. You know that is what's up. That mm-hmm. guys like that and guys like that. Chris, Chris, Kristen Noem out in the, the. She's the governor of 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 South Dakota. Okay, man. Powerful boss standing up like stand, you stand, standing up bro. yeah yeah and like you yeah. you know and, and and then you then you look at uh, various other people I mean too numerous to count right now black conservatives who who are coming up these are yeah. powerful people man yeah. these are powerful people who are saying yo you know yeah. what, what what Candace Owens I love uh, Candace has coined the Democratic plantation yep. get the fuck off the Democratic plantation. You know, get off. It's whack. It is it is, yeah. it, it is wrong. How is a project not the same thing as a plantation? Yeah, it's the same thing. And you know what's crazy? When my mother, my mother married a white guy, mm-hmm. right? How do you think that went over with the Puerto Rican folks back in the neighborhood? Yeah. It didn't go over right. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I mean, what's up with that? My mother moved out of the, moved out of East New York, Brownsville, where, 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 where it was bad, right? It's not like, oh, you're going to go do something with your life. You found a love of your life. You're going to go do this. You're going to do that. No matter what color my father was, it's why are you leaving? Right. Why you don't want to stay here? Because right, they want they want you to stay back. Oh, what the? You got to grow. Yeah. I want to grow, you mommy. You got to grow. And that's one thing I give my mother and father all the credit for. You know yeah. what I mean? They had an interracial marriage in the 70s when that shit wasn't cool. And uh, they, you know, always told me, you know, the world is a big place. Conquer your 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 your, your local settings and then go out into the world and there's just so much for you to do out there. Don't be held down by anything or anyone. Yeah, man. They had you the know? right message. Thank God. They raised, they raised you right, man. Thank Look God. at you today. Super successful. Look, I love it. Too. I, I love seeing you on TV and, you know, seeing you grow up. When, when you first started going to law school, I was like, damn, he's, he's, got, the right, he's got the right mindset. He's on, he's on his way. Yeah. You always been, you've always done great things, but I, when you did that, I was like, I was super proud of you. I was like, that's so awesome. You know? Appreciate that. I was that. excited for you. Appreciate that. I tell you, law school... 
I never really experienced prejudice in my life until I got to law school. And when I was in law school, I experienced, I experienced like racism and, and classism really for the first time in, in my life. Um, it was a, it was one or two guys who. who uh, let me just say, it's ignorance. Yeah. And people who grew up in a setting, they didn't know better. That's what they were taught. Right. And one day they all wake up and realize I was stupid for thinking like that or being like that towards those people. That's a low level thinking. Anybody who's racist or prejudiced, that's a very low level thinking. Hundred percent. And it comes from a classless, yeah, surrounding. Uh, so I'm just shouting out you guys who are like that, <laughs> letting you know who you are, man. Ignorant. A hundred percent. You know, it it was crazy because, I mean, these are people that didn't know me. Mm-hmm. And I went to I went to Benjamin Cardozo in, in, in Greenwich Hill. It's a great law school, but this is a super super liberal school, yeah. and a lot of these people didn't know me from anywhere. But they came from super rich families, ultra wealthy, ultra privileged, and I remember going to to to, to you know people were like oh you got to do study groups. I was like, okay, and I went to John Jay College, which is a Hispanic serving institute. Everybody there was black and Latino, right? right? So I was like oh I need to be in a study group. Oh the study group was closed. Another group. Oh this this group was closed. Yeah. Oh, this group is closed. So I now, is this at Benjamin? Car- oh, this is Cardozo. It's, Cardo- it's not a John Jay. Yeah, okay. No, no, not a John Jay. No way. Um, John Jay was great. And then, so I, I, I literally everybody was choosing our groups this day, and I was like, Yeah, I'm not, I've never been the odd man now. I'm like, What the fuck, yeah, yeah, yeah. What the fuck is going on here, right? <laughs> so I went in the back of a room, and I'll never forget. Um, my friend Keon Katibi was back there, um, who comes from a similar background like me, and another guy, Kinte Morgan. Uh, African American gentleman, very very good attorney, and a few other people back there, and we just happened to be either from lower class places or people of color, right? And we all looked at each other, and it hit us. We were like, "Yo, <laughs> this is fucked up," right? And I spent the first year and a half of law school just feeling like the odd man out, just feeling like people would say, "Oh, where are you from? Yeah. You have an accent." I'm like. Where do you think my accent's from? Yeah. Fucking Brooklyn. I grew up in Long Island. I lived in Brooklyn for 20 years. This is where I'm from. Yeah. Where do you think I'm from? Oh, I thought you were from... Oh, where do you live? Oh, I live on the upper the east side. Or oh, I live... Have you ever been to Brooklyn? No. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been to my neighborhood? No. Well, maybe you should fucking... You should yeah. go, go go hop over the A train or, or the 6 train or wherever you're going to do. Expand your horizons. Expand your horizons fucking 14 miles to the left and get out of your little bubble. elitist bubble that you don't know dick about the world about. Yeah. And it it was crazy. It was it was it was really crazy. And that and then at some point in law school, like I actually wasn't doing well because I was just so self self aware isn't the word. I was just uh, I was insecure mm-hmm. about not being wealthy, about not having the right. And I showed up to you know I just didn't know yeah. all, all this high high society shit. And then at some point I stopped. I just stopped giving a fuck. I'm just gonna go be me and do me. And boom, everything changed. Yeah, yep. everything changed. You know, good for you. But, but 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 I want to go back to that. So it's like, you know, people um, who say, "Oh, well, I'm held down and I can't be successful. I can't do this because they're suppressed." After that, I get it, right? Yep. But you're a perfect example of someone who's Latino, and you right. just, you just told your whole story. Yeah. But you persevered. You got through it. You found the way. You you put your mindset in a different place, and you said, "You know what? Nah, I'm gonna do it." And this, I'm just saying that to the people out there that are like. I can't do it because of this. But look, Joe is a prime example of somebody who made it. Latino, didn't give a fuck. And look at him today. He's on every major network, CNN, Fox, Newsmax. I mean, you name it. Tonight he's got a, a big show going on to somewhere else. You'll see that. 
But um, he's a prime example. So don't allow the the suppression and the racism and, and, and anybody putting you down to to hinder you from your growth and your success because you could be like Joe. And I, I just I just think that's a great story. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, just don't don't settle to be to be mediocre. Nothing in life. You've been a champion, a boxing champion. You train champions, right? You know that when it comes to getting to the top, you got to give shit up. Mm-hmm. You got it. It involves personal sacrifice yeah. and discipline. You got to do shit that makes you uncomfortable. Yep. You gotta. You gotta say no to all people going out. I'm gonna go here. I'm gonna go there. I can't eat that food. I need sleep tomorrow. I gotta get up and run. Whatever it is I gotta do, you gotta give up mad shit to get to where you're going. Yep. But when you when you get that moment, when you get your time to shine, there's nothing like it, right? Nothing like and it. And you got no one to blame for your success or your failures, but yourself in that that's moment, right? That's right? right. And you own it. And yeah, some people help you. Some people hurt you along the way. But ultimately, that's your day. That's your moment, right? Yep. And I just think that. The world now, I mean, people are soft, man. What the fuck happened? People are soft. Soft. People are soft. And people, you know, between that and, and don't even get me started on the music industry and how destructive yeah. I think it is still. Nah, that's, that's, you know? that's programming. Programming. No. You, you know, you take, uh, you know, you take the black and Latino community, right? And you take hip hop from the 80s. We're going off on a whole nother subject, which is great. It's fine. And the music from the 80s, hip hop was fun, Right. The government seen. Oh wait, that's influential. Yeah. How could we infiltrate that? How could we bring down this community even more? Yep. Oh, hey man, you're gonna do this type of music. I'm gonna pay you this much. Okay. Yep. Boom. Then all of a sudden, now everybody's gang banging. Now yep. gang, there's an influx of gangs across the nation. Killings. Now they're killing each other. Yep. And that's not because they decided to do this. Because they were programmed. We are computers. Yep. Supercomputers that are easily programmed unless we're open-minded. Right. And we're awakened to the reality of what's really going on in the world. So, Yeah, I mean, I can't believe hip-hop, man. It used to be, you know. Oh, man, great. Fun. And even when it first, like, you know, it's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep them going, you know? Uh-huh. Like, that's like people, like, look, you know, broken glass everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. People, like, they just don't care. All that shit. DJs like, in the park, breakdancing. Yeah, man. But it was, this was like, yo, look at the life of the African-American community, the black community, the Hispanic community, look at it. It's filled with suffering. Mm-hmm. It's filled with loss. It's filled with unfair fucking everything. But here we are, like, you know, we have a voice, we have a culture. It's beautiful. Yes. Right? And and it changed the world. Yeah. It changed the world. Absolutely. It got people off the high fucking horse with a lot of shit. Got people fucking doing all types of different stuff, you know, white people shaking their ass, other people doing yeah. this, whatever it is. And now, now it's like, yo, Look at my watch. I'm going to shoot you in your fucking face. This is my fucking set. And people are killing each other in the street. And, like, it's 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 just very destructive. It's, it's very bad. And you combine that with the fact that Joe Biden is the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden, who got on TV and who said, well, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Yeah. Come on. What the fuck, bro? How clear is that? You don't vote for me, you ain't black. Like, he, this motherfucker's that comfortable to be able to say that? You don't vote for me, you ain't black. And then everybody goes out and, and, and maybe they voted for him, maybe they didn't. <laughs> I don't want to get into that because we're going to get banned, yeah. right? But, you know, what I can say is Joe Biden wrote the book. He wrote the bill on mass incarceration. That 94 crime bill, right? His crime bill, bro. I his, tell everybody It that. changed 
everything. He sent millions of black and Latino men to jail. And why do you want black and Latino men in the jail? You want black and Latino men in jail so they're not in the household. And if they're not in the household, then the mom's got to do double duty and she's got to take from the government. And then the government and or the music industry and what you see on TV is going to raise the men. And where are they all going? They're going to jail. Three out of every, three out of every five black men in America go to jail at some point. How Preach. To, Preach. How the fuck... How the fuck are we not seeing this, right? And we then, see it. And then Kamala Harris, yo, when she was the attorney general in California, mm-hmm. on multiple occasions, people came to her and said, look, these are people who have been wrongfully convicted. These are innocent people who were sitting in jail. And because it didn't suit her political trajectory, yeah. she shut that shit down yeah. to the point where she got censured by the court. And the court was like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. Like, you can't do this. And I was screaming from the rooftops. What's her name called her out on the debate? Uh, Tulsi? Yeah, yeah. Called her out. Right, Got right. it, gone in on her. Right. And and, and people just, just... Forget it. Just forget it. And I think there has to be a science with humanity, humans, that we have a very short um, memory. Like, we have very short memory. We don't care. Even though we know it, we don't... We don't our emotion isn't attached to that anymore. And the government knows that. They understand how we tick. Well, most of us tick. Right. Because we quickly forget and we'll move on. Right. You know, so... You know, the federal government has too much power. Yeah. The principles of, you know, the American Constitution and, and, and our system of government is federalism, right? What that means is that states and the federal government are co, co-equals, they're co-sovereigns, right? So New York State... The governor has just as much power over his people than the president of the United States does, if not more power, right. because New York is autonomous, right? It's a member of the states, and it's a part of the, uh, uh, of the republic, but it's also its own state, its own, its own equal mm-hmm. to the federal government. But over time, the federal government has continued to grow and grow in power, and the way it does it is it uses tax dollars to say, look, we're going to give you grants in Mississippi, or we're going to give you grants in California— if you follow our edict, and if you don't, we're going to pull your money, mm. right? And states need to break away from that. That's why I really look up to the governor in Texas, Governor Abbott, Abbott. And, and the governor in, in Florida, Governor DeSantis, because he's like, you know what? Fuck you. We don't need you. Everybody's coming here anyway. We're going to have more. If I was them at some point, I would be like, yo, fuck your tax grants and fuck your federal taxes too. Yeah. Take that shit and stick it where the sun don't shine. Absolutely. Right? Man. You know, you either are, are, are representative of all the states, Florida and Texas included, or you're just representatives of Texas, California, and Illinois. It's like, let's call it like it is, bro. Yeah. Right? So I'm glad. I'm glad that these guys and these gals are, are standing up. You know, yeah. this is a pivotal, pivotal, pivotal moment in, a, in, a, in American society, you know, where um, if these court cases, and if these upcoming elections and battles aren't won the right way that, you know, we're going to be up the creek without a paddle. Yeah, because then there's no um, faith in the system. There's no uh, faith in the system. You know, uh, going talking about governors and, I mean, governors and Cuomo, but how do you feel about Lee Zeldin? He's, he's a, yeah, yeah. He grew up with him, yeah, you know, sure. went to school with him, he's from our neighborhood. Sure. Um, he's actually my neighbor. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. crazy. That's you know, right. yep, yep. yep. Um, great guy. I could say a lot of good things about him, but I'm just curious to know. You know, coming from New York and um, living in New York, and how we're being led down the shithole by Cuomo and De Blasio. How do you see Zeldin fitting in? I think Lee Zeldin's a patriot. He's also an attorney. Um, he's a veteran. Uh, I remember uh, Lee uh, from uh, you know junior high school and high school. He was always somebody who had his shit figured out real early. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I respect him and appreciate him for that. Um, you know, um, I think what he's doing, that his career uh, says says a lot. I think that he's ultimately good for our country, and he's certainly good for, for our state. And, you know, he 100% has my support. There's, there's no doubt about that. I think that Governor Cuomo, um, you know, he, he, he did some. He said he did some real bad shit. Yeah. Um, I think that the nursing home stuff, in and of itself, is enough. I think that the lockdowns, in and of themselves, are enough as well. Yeah. I, despite the fact that, look, he's a New Yorker. And he talks like me. He's got an accent. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I, yeah, <laughs> you know he's a likable guy. You know, in some respects. I didn't think, you know, in the beginning of COVID, I didn't think he handled it too bad. Nobody knew what the hell was going on. But at some point, he didn't let up. Like, you know, flatten the curve, turned into killing COVID. And, you know, come on, bro. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so I don't like half-stepping. Yeah. He, he turned into a half-stepping motherfucker, right? Mm-hmm. I don't like half-stepping, right? So there's that. And then there's the point now, like, with, with all this, he's getting me too, right? Yeah. I think that what Letitia James did is an abomination. Okay. For for those that don't know, who, who's Letitia? She's James? the New York Attorney General. Okay, and, and they did an investigation, and they concluded that he's a, a rapist or whatever the hell he is. Sexual, you know, sexual assault, assault, harassment. Part of the mm-hmm. there's a process, and I guess they have their quote, you know, air quotes process. I don't think that that what what they did uh, equivocates to due process. Okay, I don't like the fact that even I, I don't like Cuomo mm-hmm. that they're trying to cancel him. Right, right. That they're trying to cancel him, and they're, and they're using all these allegations. Whether tr- I just, when I see this kind of thing happening, I just I just don't like it. It's the Democratic Party's a uh, mo to do shit like this, right. and it's it, it's it's strange that they're cannibalizing him. That they're, they're serving him up as a sacrifice, so Letitia James can run for governor. That's what they're doing. That's uh, what that is about. Okay. That's what that is about. Somebody else told me they didn't like her, and I I, I don't really know too much about her. That's I'm glad you um elaborated. Yeah. I, look. I don't think that if he's going to go down, mm-hmm. let him go down by the rules and let him have due process. Right. Anything outside of that uh, 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 of that is is not good enough for me. Right. And even though I don't like uh, what he's been accused of, I certainly don't endorse Absolutely it. Absolutely not. I don't like it. But because he's being treated this way, yeah. I would 100% defend him. Right. As a lawyer, as his, attempt, as his defense attorney, I would yeah. do it. Right. It's unpopular. Yeah. But you know what? When I was working at Legal Aid defending black and Latino men who were accused of crimes, that wasn't popular either. Right, right, right. One side's always going to hate you. Yeah. And now that I'm defending white guys who, you know, are charged with this, you know, one side is whatever. Yeah. There's always going to be a side that's not going to be happy with what you're doing. Right. So (laughs) do I want him to be governor again? Hell no. Hell no. (laughs) Hell no. He can't be. It's just impossible. Like, that is, I feel like he's he's always been just put in there. I I mean, I believe that, um, Voting has always been flawed. Yeah. And I believe they put people in power where they want. Now, uh, uh, Trump wasn't supposed to be a president. Um, I think that they didn't expect that to happen. The amount of people that voted the first time around, second time around too. But with Cuomo, I feel like because his father was governor, they just kept it in the family. Yeah. Uh, There's no way for me. I don't think that there's that many people that would vote for him. I just, I can't see it. Yeah. It's just a, he's a clear moron. I just, I can't see it. I I, I, I don't see it either, (laughs) but I do. I do think maybe that, Frankie voted for him. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, no way. Not I'm kidding. <laughs> um, 
it's it's, it's going to be interesting to see what to see what happens. Uh, I these Elden definitely has my support. Hell yeah, you yeah. know, like you said, he's a family man. He's a, a patriot, right? He's a, an attorney, right? You know, and you know when you see Lee, you always see him with his family, right? So anybody's with there who's with their family, diverse family, right? Diverse family as right. well. He married a Latina, right? Yeah, yeah. And, he, and, he, and Lee is Jewish. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So they have, you know, as my friends who have uh, who, who have Catholic and Jewish children, they call them cashews. <laughs> Catholic and Jewish, they mix it up. Yeah. Cashews. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing. It's yeah. a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. Yeah. You know. So I so, think that the way he, that he lives his private life, mm-hmm. and that the way that he's his, he's held himself out in his career, uh, it make it, it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and I I certainly hope that that he runs, and if he doesn't get governor, yeah. Um, I think. He should run for senator, right? You know, yeah. I think that he should continue to run until he gets, you know, into a. He's a congressman now, but yeah. until he gets into the most meaningful position as possible, because I think somebody like him can make a, you know, a, a meaningful impact uh, on our country. And that's what sure. we. That's what we need. That's what we need. Um, so we touched on a lot. Man. Yeah, man. touched on a lot. Anything? Anything else you want to touch on before we sign off? So what I can say is that. Uh, if you're interested in uh, supporting the people yes. who are uh, who are defending uh, January 6th, uh, we, we have a Give, Send, Go page for, for Richard Barnett. You can also find him at BigOBarnett.com where you can give on the Give, Send, Go. We were on uh, GoFundMe. I don't know, like a bunch of money got raised and GoFundMe deplatformed us and sent all the money back. Okay. And then I had a website. I had the website. We were using PayPal. PayPal deplatformed us. Give, Send, Go was a Christian-run organization. They're, you know, giving the middle finger to cancel culture, you Good. know, um, in, a, in a very nice Christian way. Yes, know. of course. <laughs> so, um, so that that is good as well. Um, I think that people right now should no longer be afraid to be canceled. Yeah, you know, you got to put that to bed. Um, if I, I, I know it's tough at work. It's tough in the workplace, but you know, we need. To, Everybody needs to make a stand now and, you know, refuse to be suppressed, yeah. refuse to be silent, you know, and, you know, in the in the words of Jesus and in the words of John Paul II, you know, be not afraid. Don't be afraid. You know, if you are filled with the truth, you have a duty to profess the truth into the universe. And the truth is always the light and the light is always on the side of righteousness and what's right. And, you know, right now there's a lot of dark things happening in our country and in our world, but especially in our country. And when you're a light, you ever been in a room where somebody turns the light on, you're not ready for it, you're like, oh shit, right? But they're, depending on the condition of your soul and your mind and everything else and where you're at, there are two types of people in the world who respond to the light. One people, when you turn the light on, they go, oh, what the hell? You know, turn that shit off, you know, and boom, they want to go back to the darkness. Right. The other side is, you turn on the light, and instead of saying, you know, at first people go like this, but then they look to the left of them, and they look to the right of them, and they see that they're living in filth. Mm-hmm. They go, oh, shit, I got to clean this up. The light's on. I got to clean this up. I got I to gotta clean up the swamp. I got to clean up the swamp of my life. I got I to gotta clean up the mess in my life and make things, make this a righteous place, make this a better place. And don't think that your singular voice is not meaningful, because if you were in... Where's Kanye West staying right now? He's staying in. He's in the mountains somewhere. No, but he's been he's been renting the whole stadium in Atlanta. Atlanta, yeah, right. He's paying Mercedes Benz Stadium, million dollars a day or whatever he's paying over there, right? Yep. If if 
all of Mercedes-Benz Stadium was black, mm -hmm. like just blacked out, right? And if you stood at the 50-yard line and just struck a match or, or, or turned a flashlight on or, or, or lit a lighter, everybody, no matter where you were standing in that place, would see that light. That's right. That's how powerful the light is. And then you turn another light on, another light on, and it becomes like cell phones or lighters at a concert, and then boom, the lights go on, and the darkness gets driven out. So every time you profess the light, every time you shine the light into the world, the response is that you drive out an element of the darkness. So keep on pushing the light because we, we got to do it. I love that. That was great, Joe. Seriously, that was touching. That almost made me emotional. <laughs> I swear to God. I, got, I almost got emotional. Like, wait, he's, he's preaching right now. Was, nah, that's, and you're so right, man. You are so right. You know, sometimes I'm uh, reluctant to speak my mind because I don't want people to judge me. But I just feel like I have to, you know. Who, who, who are they judging? Yeah. What, what well, as a business owner. Yeah. You know, uh, I have to, you know, um, I don't want to. Because there's, there's some good people that I train yeah, uh, that have different views from me. That's okay. And we get along real well. So if I if I, if I I use my platform for this so much, I, you know, I would hate to offend them because they're cool. You know what I mean? Well, why are they offended? If they love right. you and if they if they embrace you yeah. and, and if they see you're more than just your politics, right, yeah. then they're not going to treat you with prejudice. Right. You can't say, don't be prejudiced against me and then prejudice somebody else, right? Yeah. So... You know, you're a whole person. And if you have a, a set of views that they don't necessarily agree with, you embrace them anyway. And John Paul II used to say all the time, common ground is holy ground. Yeah. Right? So you, when you're with them in those moments, you don't have to talk about your differences. I never do. You, 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 you hang out. You have your shared experience. And you, if you have a certain mindset about things, you let everybody come here. All people Absolutely. are welcome. Yep. The other side is the side of tolerance and the side of accepting, but all people aren't welcome. You be the light. You'll yeah. be the guy who says all people are welcome here in the light. As long as you're willing to step in the light, I don't care what I see in you, what you see in me. As long as you're willing to hug me, we're good. Yeah. We're good. So true. We're good. That's it. Yep. You know, people got to love you for you. Yeah. And the more you hold yourself out to be your true self, the more people who are supposed to be in your life, business-wise, personal-wise, or whatever, are going to come to you. That's right. So far, so good. Word up. So far, so good, man. This, this is great. This was great. Uh, I have so much more I feel like we should talk about. Yeah, we could but, be here for all yeah, two days. We could, but I'm going to have you back. Man. Yeah, I'll come back. You know, in a month or so, and yeah. we'll catch up on what's been going on with, with your case um, and with everything else that you got going on. But, it, you know, Joe, it's great catching up with you. Word. It's good to good be seeing here. you. I can't wait till we go out to dinner soon. Yeah, me too. You know, catch up and just, you know, chill out. And Frankie, good seeing you too, brother. Yeah. One of my yeah. one of my boys is over here too, Joe's best friend. Yeah, man. But, uh, Joe, thanks for coming. And hey. um, we're going to have all the information um, in this in this video below, all the information for the go, GoFundMe. Is it GoFundMe still? Uh, uh, no, sorry, it's yeah. uh, it's a Give Send Go. Give Send Go in, below in my Substack page too. It's a it's a place where on the internet Substack is fairly new, where you could uh, uh, post uh, meaningful stuff and not get censored. Because I was posting on LinkedIn, and LinkedIn shut me down when I when I, when I wrote about torture. Unreal, man. After my appearance on CNN, he shut me down within the hour. Ridiculous, man. Yeah. I saw that they would put they even put use LinkedIn, I think. Yeah, yeah. They, they, did. they shut yeah. you down. That's yeah. crazy. But we're gonna have all his links to his social media. Follow Joe. If you need a great attorney, hire him. He's passionate, he's honest, and he'll do the right thing by you, uh, according to law, and he's not gonna play no games. Joe, my boy. Champ life. Good to see you, bro. Good to be here. Good to see you too. All right. So like I said, everything's gonna be below. Check him out. Much Thank love. you guys for tuning in. Great. It was great. That was great, man.